What's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in to the Coach Hero Podcast. This is your host, Derek Slinger. For me, it's day seven of the quarantine here in Philly. And because of that, everything me and my friends and crew will put out will be via smartphone apps, whether it's through video chat or audio recordings. No one's going to be here in studio because I'm really not risking it. It's not worth it. I think this is going to be one of those things where it's such a life-changing event that work is going to it's going to change how a lot of people move even if they don't realize that's how they're what they're trying to do like for instance i was listening to jimmy kimmel talk to bill simmons via um zoom which is an app that lets you record remotely and jimmy was even saying he's doing his show from home now so it's like nbc could say why am i even putting all this money in if we're getting the same views now, you know, I, I might be exaggerating. That might not be the best example. Like, he might not do his show from home going forward. But we are in the age where technology is very accessible for those who want to create on a budget. Like, there's movies filmed on iPads and Google Pixels and iPhones now. So, this quarantine has taught me, if you want to create, just create. Just do it. Like... Stop worrying so much about the quality. Like, it's not to say don't worry about the quality, but if you wait for everything to be perfect, you're never going to get there. Like, sometimes you just got to get your idea out there. I know for me personally, I'm still using the tech I have, like my iPhone, my mic, and my computer to, you know, still create with my friends and my crew. And even when this quarantine's over, because, you know, we're all adults with busy lives, I'm using the tech. To still make content. Like. So you know. Basically this quarantine has taught me. That there's no excuse. If you want to create. Create. And it shows who's really about it. Because everyone has free time now. So if you didn't create during this time. Or just something you want to do. That you didn't have time to do. You have time now. So. It's no excuses. Alright. Enough of me ranting about. Doing stuff. I'm going to. Call my cousin. And we're going to talk about the loss of the NBA season what we're watching to cope with the fact that there's no sports like you know this is the perfect time to watch players we didn't grow up with to absorb what they did um and we're going to talk about you know it's basically NBA barbershop talk like the kind of stuff you would talk about in the barbershop just because because basketball is always fun to talk about when you really like it like there's always something to talk about Yo, what's up, Quiddy? What's good? What's good, bro? So, um, during the coronavirus season, not season, but um, quarantine. Right. What, how have you been coping with the um, loss of the NBA season so far? Uh, definitely different, you know, because the NBA season is so consistent. You know, you got <clears throat> teams pretty much play tons of back-to-backs. And, you know, teams are pretty much playing every other night. So... You know, just not being able to see NBA basketball every night is definitely different. You know, using that time differently as well as, you know, the rest of the time we have free to ourselves now with this, uh, like you said earlier, this quarantine season. Everybody's staying to themselves. I guess, what have you been doing to fill that time since there's no basketball to watch? Right, right, right. Um, I don't know, man. I've just been 
I've been keeping up with with you know keeping up with the game in, di- in different ways. You know, kind of appreciating you know you know maybe different performances from guys in the league now that's been doing it for uh, such a high level. Obviously, I've been looking at old LeBron stuff. Um, you know, I'm always on Kobe, um, but you know, even current guys now like. You know, you know my guys, Steph and all those dudes. Just the the run that the Warriors made, and LeBron's you know consistency, you know through these last this last decade or so. Just looking, just looking at old stuff and kind of seeing how the league got to where it is now. To Kevin Durant being a Warrior, mm-hmm. and, and you know kind of changing the complexity of the league, and LeBron you know making that move uh, to Miami earlier in the decade that kind of changed the complexity of how. You know, players have movement in the league now. Okay. And players have that freedom. So I've been kind of just looking at the map of, you know, how the league is. So I guess with, with it not being there, I've been taking that time up with just looking at how we are. We got to where we are today. Okay. Um, question, who are your guys? Like, I know you, me and you always agree on stuff, I feel like. Um, okay. We used to argue about LeBron a little bit, but that's been, that's been a decade ago now, so that doesn't matter. Right. Um, right. So give me... Five top players you like? I like like all time or current like current players. players. My bad. Okay. Uh, right now, um, of course I just gotta go with Ben and Joe just because you know hometown since okay. they're the best players. I've kind of seen them start to grow up in this city and you know their journey. So I'm gonna go with those two. Are you a big supporter of keeping both of them? Yeah, for sure. Okay. For another season or two, you know, I think. You know, Ben has made improvements this year, not exactly where everybody wanted him to. That's directly in shooting and making the jump shot. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as his, def- his defense, you know, being a top three guy right now, I'd three? say I'd argue, yeah, easily. Okay. Um, defensively in a league, just overall, um, what he can do, guarding one through five, his versatility, his his activeness. He's playing forty minutes some nights, mm-hmm. and that kind of contributes to this back injury. Just him uh, carrying such so much of a load on both ends. Yeah, um, I think he's made the necessary improvement. I think Embiid just has to kind of take this year again and say you have to you have to mature even further. If the season continues, or if, you know they start a new one next year, he has to say you have to mature even further. You have to, you have to find a way to keep yourself in shape. You have to find a way to keep yourself in the floor, mm-hmm. keep yourself available for the team, so you can have that rhythm going into the playoffs. So you can be that MVP level, that defensive player level player that you think you're twenty or twenty six now. <laughs> you're twenty six. Things so twenty five or twenty six. You, you you're a big guy with. A back uh, injury uh, history, a back uh, history of injuries, and uh, your feet and things of that nature. So you only have you know three, four years to really play with here that you can be a really good dominant type player. So right. you got to take that next step. So you know, obviously those two are two of my guys. Um, Steph Steph Curry, love to watch Steph Curry play since his Davidson days, and then mm-hmm. him just transforming his games to the NBA. Just being comfortable being the player he was, and just improving on that, improving upon that, uh, despite his injuries, his ankle injuries early in his career, just just sticking with his process, and, you know, working his I, tail off every year. I gotta put something out about player. Curry that you were early on. Mm-hmm. This was because Curry came in '09. That was in the middle of the um, the Celtics being good, the big three Celtics. So um, I remember right. someone was trying to tell you that Rondo was better than him. This is when Rondo was throwing up crazy numbers in the playoffs. Right. And you were saying, nah, I'd take Curry. And I was with you. 
but I didn't know how to sell it the same way. And you were yeah, basically exactly. at that time either. At that time either, because of how much of an impact player Rondo was. Right. You know what I mean? How, how he could distribute the ball. He could just dominate the game by distributing the ball. I mean, he obviously played with a ton of you know great players in Boston. But sometimes he's the best player. Right, but his impact, like when he, he had that mid range working, sometimes you know mm-hmm. that floater finishing around the rim, even clutch threes sometimes. Uh huh. Just being aggressive, it, he was a he was a great player. So to argue, Steph, I don't remember. I kind of remember that argument or that. I'll debate. tell you what you said then. You yeah, basically were ahead by saying you basically said he's a dual threat. Like he could give you eight assists, but also he spaces the floor too well. I remember. I remember that combo now. Yep, I remember that combo. Exactly, and then if, you said that like twenty twelve or thirteen. So the fact that now, if as a point guard, you almost need to shoot, you need to, you need to shoot, you need to score, you need your threat, and you have to have that threat just the threat everywhere on the floor. Because now right. you're not predictable. Yeah, and that opens up everything—the mid range off the pump fake, or the mid range off the bounce, off the pick and roll. Yeah, you have to get in all the way to the cut because people may close out on you too much. Like Rondo, you know he's trying to probe. He's a probe and kick type guy. Yep. Ben Simmons, Rondo, they're probe and kick guys. I find Steph is Steph is a probe and kick when he has to be, but he's a, he's a natural flow passer. Mm-hmm. He'll make the one pass, and then that leads to the one more, which leads to the one more, which leads to the bucket, all because of his rotation. Two guys playing him, or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, so, so now the defense always want to get caught He's a good enough passer, and obviously we see how great of a scorer he is mm-hmm. because of his jump shot, and it's only going to improve the more he's in this league. So and I already saw he was getting, you know, 18, 19. He was early in the league. His first couple years before he got hurt, he was getting 17, 18, 19 a game. Rondo wasn't even flirting with that. Mm-hmm. Rondo was only the 12, 13 guy, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong about that. So, yeah, that's why I definitely I knew stuff was going to be special. Mm-hmm. Not as great as he is now. I think he's transcended himself to be the best point guard in the game right now. But, um, yeah, you know, Steph's one of my guys. Well, no, I, I had him best point guard since. I had him best point guard the year they lost to the Clippers in that game seven. Even before that playoff series, I had Steph number one. I mean, for me, I'd have to rehash the history of mm-hmm. – um, you know how that went down, but I remember. I just remember Chris Paul was always my guy as far as and Chris Paul. I, I don't want to put him on my top five list because there may be other people I like, but I always come back to Chris Paul. He's always been one of my guys. Yeah. Um, I think he took it. I think it was him. Chris Paul mm-hmm. had it, then Russ and Steph kind of started wrestling for him. Yeah, I got you. For a little moment. So Chris Paul kind of had a stranglehold on it for a while. You know, John Walls and those guys flirted. I think John Wall, who Steph. Uh, Westbrook, who else was in that mix? Kyrie. Um, Kyrie was yeah. really young, though. He wasn't making the playoffs yet, so there was... Yeah, he was a little younger, right, right, right. Yeah. right. Um, oh, but you're talking about now, or are you talking about back then? I'm talking about that when, time. Okay, that's that time period, I got you. That leap. Yeah. Yeah. Jennings and all those guys, man. But like, I, I, I just, you know, Steph was, Steph was my dude. But no, I was saying, Chris Paul had it, and then I think Steph became that... Steph and Westbrook were wrestling for, but then it was a kind of a preference thing with them. Now you had to see what what their style of plays, what kind of success mm-hmm. that was go. And I think it showed perfectly. Steph got a system that built perfectly around them. Russ had arguably the same amount or more talent around them. Um, the culture may not be the same. The culture may not have been the same, but the talent was there. And you have to put it on the, the players that 
they didn't get it done. I mean, Steph took a team and went 73 damn games. I mean, they lost that year to LeBron. But, I mean, he, the way that system flowed around him, I think he showed, okay, my style of play and what I bring to the table mm-hmm. is better than, you know, being a dynamic guy that can get up and down the court, occasionally get high and make mid-ranges and a streaky three-point shooter. When I've been, I'm a natural three-level scorer. I can shoot this three. That's I what people miss, the three-level part. Three levels, so important. People don't talk about he just shoots. It's like, no. That yeah. shooting opens up the rest of his game, but he doesn't just shoot. Exactly. I mean, I mean, if you're basic, if it's a basic mind, you're just looking from the outside. Oh, a ton of his points come from the perimeter. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel, oh, all you can do is shoot. All you can do is stop him from shooting. But it's like, all right, once you, you key in on that, he has a shit ton of other, <laughs> you got a, uh, a ton of other uh I'm saying counters. He can go to the rim. He can mm-hmm. pull up. He can, you know, float it. He can size. He can do whatever he wants. He can. He's that crafty of a uh, player. He's a coach. He's a, he's a player's son. Okay. He's been around the game. Um. So let me give you two other guys, though. Okay. Um, in the league now, I guess from other teams, man. I like I like a couple young guys, man. They don't gotta be the top. They don't gotta be the top best, but just people you like, I guess. Yeah, I, I really like to watch Luca play. Luca? Yeah. I, yeah, I like Luca a lot. I like to watch Luca play. I think it, it, I saw a tweet. It was like the best part about Luca's game is like everybody's moving around him in, in regular speed, and, and it looks like they're going like they look like they're going you know fifty miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because everybody's like freaking out around Luca while he's just moving in slow motion, doing whatever he wants. He'll just he'll just lull you to sleep with the left dribble, left dribble with the boom hard hard pound side step and just shoot a thirty foot bomb. Like he just he's just so smooth. He's crafty. He uses his body when he off the pick and roll. He can throw that over the head shoulder yeah. pass off the pick and roll. He got so much to his game at such a young age. So crafty. He can post up a little bit now. Um, I love watching him play. Uh, Trey Young, the same thing. I wish Trey Young would play a little bit more defense. It's hard for the small guy sometimes. Or the yeah, he... but I wish he would put a little bit more effort. I wish I, I mean, oh, the effort you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, and if the state of the league is not to try that much on defense because guys are going to score anyway. Mm-hmm. And guys are such talented scorers, but I just wish guys would show a little bit more effort. And little guys like Trey Young, like, be scrappy. Be Eric Yeah, because even Chris Paul is still playing pretty good defense. Be Chris Paul. Be uh, Eric. Exactly. Be, try me. be uh, those type guys. Guys that's going to get up in your mid. And, like, mm-hmm. Frustrates you get a, you know Pat Beverly like people hate him but you still don't want to go against them people say you know what I mean you still don't want to go against them be that type of guy don't just be oh I'm small so I'm just going to be passive and not fight through screens and all that do you think um, as a result of them not winning he's not trying I mean it may be a combination of everything but it, there comes to a point where you have to you have to understand that yeah you know, it's always going to be a defensive game like you get stops then you get out and run and then you get all the three pointers you want to hit and then you I feel get that case for that. But yeah, I'll say Luca, and I'll say uh, oh, Markel Fultz. Yeah, okay, for sure, for sure. Um, just because of a very interesting story, um, and I and don't get me wrong, like I'm the guy where in the NBA I like everybody like there's not a ton of guys I don't like necessarily because I'm thinking about all these guys in my head all these young stars the Brandon Ingrams the mm-hmm. Devin Bookers the 
You know what I'm saying? All these, all these young players. It's uh, a more Jaylen. talented league than the league we grew up in. I feel like exactly. I mean, they're coming on fast, man. Donovan Mitchell. Uh, hope he gets better from this Corona situation and all that. But all these guys, like all these young guys, I like all of them. It's mm-hmm. just these are the guys you know. I, I, I really root for it. Uh, I say Markel Fultz just because of the interesting situation in Philly. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to explain that too much. Everybody that follows basketball, Markel Fultz quote forgot how to shoot a basketball after he got drafted number one. In the draft, and he was like a forty percent shoot, three point shooter in college. It's a weird, bizarre story. Um, but I just followed his, you know, journey after that, and I just think it's so cool how he put in, he put in so much work to get back to where he is right now, and looks like he's on the right track to become like a really, you know, dominant point guard in this league. I mean, he's only twenty. What is he? Twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, uh, something like that. Pretty good numbers this year. I think he's around like the 12, 13 range. He got like five, six assists. Mm-hmm. Um, he's improving everything. His mid range is pretty much looking like a solid jumper, like how it was in high, in high school and college. Mm-hmm. Um, he still gets to the rim and finishes with the best of them with both hands. Can get finished above the rim, below the rim. And the three point shot is it's coming. It's still like a little push shot. It looks like it's still a little bit, not just comfort, but it's still just his body just adapting, shooting a natural. You know what I'm saying? Catch and shoots jumper, but he looks like he's on the on the pace to be a really good player. So yeah, I like watching Fultz. Fultz. So yeah, the two guys in Philly, obviously Joe and Ben, mm-hmm. uh, Luke, Luca, Fultz, and uh, who else did I say? So, and Steph. Steph okay. Curry, boy. All right. You said you've been watching like throwback stuff. How right. how far back? Um. So. I've been dabbling, so I've been mostly, you know, my lifetime. So I'm 24, so um, I've been watching a lot of like young Durant. Okay. Uh, so like late Durant. 2000s and up. Yeah, a little young LeBron, some okay. some Pierce, some Pierce and the Celtics in their prime, uh, Kobe in his prime, like the 09, 08 area, like that area, like around then, mm-hmm. so like 08 maybe to like 15. Okay. Um, then I've been looking at some AI stuff. So, like, you know, that's like, what, 2001? Mm-hmm. So, uh, stuff from that era, um, players and guys that, you know, were good at that time. So, you know, around around there. And then I've been dabbling with, like, you know, the Oscar Robertsons of the, weird, the world. And, uh, really? Uh, yeah, uh, Jerry West. And, uh, who else? I'm not going to lie. I never thought you liked those guys too much. So, this is the thing. Thing. I'm in a group chat mm-hmm. with my homie that I played at school with. Shout out Steve Ciotti, mm-hmm. one of the homies I played at school with. Uh, his older brother's in there. He gives us a different perspective. He's like, yo, you know, these About guys, what age group is his bro- brother in? He's about a year eight. Okay. Like 20, you know what I'm saying? 20 Which makes a slight difference because you remember different things from when you're younger. Right. But so he had just takes an approach like these guys get recognized, you know, historically for a reason let's look into what they did you can't just put these players now above them mm-hmm. because you know you compare numbers or whatever you do and blah, blah blah so you know the you know some of the older guys guys who played in the 60s and 70s the mm-hmm. Wills, you know, Jerry West and the Oscar Robertson's and the and Elgin Bellis these guys you look at their stats and like what was like 50 and 25 mm-hmm. like Straight that uh, Oscar Robinson was getting triple doubles like Russell Westbrook, like, you know what I'm saying? So you look at then you look at some film, and I'm like I'm I, I'm an eye test guy. 
You mm-hmm. know, and I don't I don't want to dis I don't want to ever be known as the guy that disrespects, you know, the game historically and what, you know, guys did. But it to me, when I look at these guys playing and I look at, you know, I don't think the game was as developed as it is now. I think the game has evolved. Players and people have like learned more and more moves to do to mm-hmm. create space, to to do different things, to get shots off, to get to the rim. Guys get more athletic with the medical and all the just the technology, the technological advancement over time. Guys mm-hmm. clearly just are better athletes now, and I just think the the average player, the average great player in this you know, time is better than a great player back then because it's, it's a whole, it's a completely different game. And I don't think it's disrespectful to say that. I think mm-hmm. it, it just is what it is. So I, was, I always look to see, I mean, those guys were great for their time. Mm-hmm. You can't compare them to a player 50, 60, 70 years later and say they're as good. I got better. you. For or me, it's more so, I don't really get into the whole, whole um, once it gets really old, I don't really get into it. I so I really start looking at it from like maybe seventy nine and up. Okay. So like I feel like there's certain old players that were born too early, like Rick Barry. Um, I'm tripping the bull. Um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Right. I what feel, you mean born too early? I oh, get. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I feel you. Like they could play today. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Right. So uh, now time because they play in a weirder era. Time will make them seem like they're just as bad as the players they played against. Oh no, nah, there's definitely guys like I look at a king, a king Olajuwon. Yeah, bro, you see his footwork. You throw, you, know, you throw him. You got him on a block in a game today with all these shooters. Because you put him on a block, you can't double that. He's he's scoring on your big every time. He got footwork. He got the jump hook, both hands. He got up and unders, shimmy shakes, got fadeaways, all that. That was in B before in B. And I think he'd be a pretty good shooter too, because. What? Um, right, because you saw the natural touch. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but okay, I'm glad you said that. That's a good transition yeah, to my next that's point. That's the outliers for sure. And yeah. I, like, even like Will, like, I don't just like I said, Will was 50 and 25, but you look at Will run up and down a basketball court, you're like that guy is dominating any era. Look See, how big he is. that's the thing with Will though. That's why I don't go that far back because it's hard to gauge it. It's like is he just DeAndre Jordan or is he Shaq? Do you see what I mean by that? I'm saying Shaq though. Okay, cool. I'm physically imposing to the point where he's, you know, DeAndre Jordan was running and jumped. Like I think he's a mixture of both, actually. Okay. No, okay, I, I can take that. Yeah. It hey, was a bad example. I'm just saying sometimes that's why I struggle with the super old players because it's All like right. I don't have enough to go off of. You know, the film's not that good. But um. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to add on to your take though about the um younger players. I'm not the younger players, the newer players being better old players. I think we were born at the wrong time as far as good basketball. Like, we liked players growing up, but I feel like you probably don't remember as clearly as me, but like from 97 to up to the big three in Boston forming. Okay. I think that was like pretty bad basketball. Bad. Okay. So I like, bro. So I, that's. Okay, I didn't explain it perfectly. I've been watching a lot of that era too, and mm-hmm. I kind of agree with you. Mm-hmm. But I think there were such great players in that little mm-hmm. that little that decade or so mm-hmm. of like that ten years or so mm-hmm. that it kind of 
Because we always talked that era was the era of defense, wasn't it? If, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, like depends who you're talking about. But but that no, you know what? Numbers, yes, I think like I think the numbers were down. I think like teams were literally scoring in the nineties. Like I could be yeah. Wrong. No, that's true. But that goes back to the um that starts from the um the Knicks in the nineties because the rule the rule changes too. Not even just that. Just it goes in a weird way. It goes to your earlier point. Those coaches didn't know what they know now. Like they were like. They will run the certain plays, not like. I guess what I'm saying is they will run the plays that seem smart, but they're actually really dumb, like long twos. And, 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 and it was copycat. It was a copycat league yeah. where teams were running. Teams were running because every team had the same build. Even in the league now, it was a copycat league. Now teams mm-hmm. spread the floor out with right. like the Warriors did. But when Jordan and, and when Jordan and Pippen played, and even the the, the era before that, mm-hmm. there's. There's there's a point guard, there's a wing, there's two wings. Your shooting guard is essentially a wing, and your your uh, power your uh, small forwards, yeah. so your four three are wings, and your four is a big dude. Like he's not like a stretch four. Like now he's not a uh, uh, Christoph Porzingis. Yeah. He's not like a four man that's just gonna stay on the three point line and let it go. He's a he's he's a, a bigger uh, Kyle Quinn. Like, yeah. I mean, there's outliers, but that's usually what it was. Six ten, yeah, stronger dudes, right? And then your your five man was just another version that was probably an inch or two taller, but probably a little bit stronger. Probably could jump a little higher. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Wasn't as strong, but just a more complete guy. And that's you know that's how the offenses were built around. So you get those two guys, you put them what uh, elbow extended, I guess, go down, set pin downs for them. Like everybody's coming off like Rip Hamilton, yeah, and. uh, you know that that action. You kind of can see the action I'm talking about in your head, and that was kind of like a standard NBA offense, a, a three-two, three-two type look, two right. two guys coming off, and they both come off to the wings. And a lot of teams are running that. Teams don't even get into that nowadays. You get the center come straight up. What does he do? Set a ball screen top of the key, mm-hmm. and everybody else space. And you space and score. You drive. You probe. You kick and try to find shooters. Back then, it was everything was you're playing in that box area. You come off off that pin down. You catch mm-hmm. that in that 15 foot range. Right. You got to take a dribble or two, pull it up, or try to get all the way to the rim. There wasn't a ton of three point shooting. It was a different game. But so if you were saying it's bad basketball, it was yeah. different. It was, it was played differently. I get what you're saying, but I guess what I'm saying is more so because there's a difference between like if you go back, there's a difference between the First half of the nineties, the second half of the nineties, even the late eighties, it was faster. They just took twos, but by the time you got to like ninety six, it got really slow. Like um, Showtime, like it was called Showtime for a reason. Like they would get to the hundreds, but by the time you got to Ewing and the Knicks, the games will end at sixty nine points. All right, that was that's. Oof. That's crazy, and I don't like. So I'm thinking now. I like to think about that now. I'm trying to think. Uh, so I'm, if I'm watching, say I'm watching, hmm, I'm watching Harden. I'm going the Rockets go against Boston or Milwaukee mm-hmm. on a Wednesday night, and I'm highly anticipating that game because right now our thinking of the game is so different. Mm-hmm. Like, I was highly anticipating game. Like the, the best scorers, you got Harden. You got uh, Westbrook. You got a Eric Gordon who can fill it up. And then you on, on the Celtics. You got Jason Tatum. You got Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. And then you go into that game, and teams are bloodying it up. And it, the score, the, the final score is you know eighty one seventy eight. Like, yeah. Would I like that? Would I be like, oh, that's great dominant defense. I was great basketball. Like, would I like that as a fan? Like, I'm trying to imagine if I grew up in that era. You know what I mean? 
you, you, the chances are, if you, you probably would, but so I feel like now people from that era see our basketball and they're like, y'all don't play no defense. But right. people like Bill Simmons and Ryan Russell came out and said, no, they just those people weren't playing defense either. They just played slower. <laughs> like that, which is funny. Like people forget, like shot percentage is a thing because there's pace. So right. it's like if you score one one hundred three points, but you shot. 42%. That's not really great offense. Right. So, you know, it's just funny that, like, people don't actually watch or know what to pay attention to. That's all I was pretty much trying to get to. Right. It's all about pace. Yeah. But that's that's back to the athlete, too. So that's what always factors into my, to my takes about older guys. Like, for me, I, I, I don't know if you want to ask me as, as far as my, my top guys ever. Mm-hmm. You give me your top guys ever, and I'll give you mine or what? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, my top five, because I mean, you kind of broke. I kind of broke down my formula of how I view the game of basketball in its, in its history. Mm-hmm. So there's guys I don't even look at when it comes to being a, the greatest player to ever play. I think that's a very distinct type. Like that has you have to have tons of respect. Your game has to have tons of respect for me uh-huh. to just put you on my top five, or whatever the case may be. Okay, you so. Give me a person like, so the, okay. Ne- you know what? Never mind. I'm not even gonna get into all that. I was gonna make the question more complicated, but just give it to me the way you were. All right. So, do you want me to put it in order, or do you want me to give you five guys? Just and give like, me five guys. Two? I thought once you try playing in order, it gets too picky. You know what I mean? All right. So Kobe, LeBron, Mike, KD. Steph. Okay, so when you talk about your top five all time, what do you take it to? Like, it's about, about is mo- you do mostly skill, or you do skill do and accomplishment? I do skill. I do success. Mm-hmm. I do skill, success, but success longevity. Like, how long does your specific craft continue to be dominant? You know, towards the rest of the league. Okay. You know what I mean? So the way what you bring to the table, how long like the Warriors with their run was ran through Steph Curry. That was all built around Steph. KD's skill set is just like, unreal. He's a seven foot assassin, mm-hmm. a seven foot shooting guard scorer. He just flourished in that system. He played back. He was playing basketball in a perfect way. And he's literally the perfect basketball player. Like I don't think you can put anybody else like in the world ever to say like, oh, he's better than KD at you know. Like delivering in that role, of just being a supreme scorer, and you know, that's what he is. I think Kobe and Mike are just two killers. Like mm-hmm. they're KD, they're everybody. All in, they're just kill. You just put killers on a one. Just technicians can shoot the three ball, can kill you from the mid range, from the post up, the pull ups, both going both ways, the pump fakes, everything in the mid range was just solid. And then LeBron just like that all around. He's the best player ever, just all around. You know, he's your number one. Versatility. He, I, I, I never put him number one because I just think LeBron. He's the best. He's the most all. He's all around. He hits every box type guy. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, if I'm trying to go get one, like when I say one, I mean a chip. Like I want to win it this year. I'm taking Kobe or Mike Easy. Really? I have to, yeah, I'm okay. taking Kobe. I'm taking Kobe. I might not take. I might not take Mike over LeBron. So I didn't. I didn't see Mike. Like I don't have that trust in Mike. Like I got him in Kobe because I don't know what Mike would do against guys. Now I know Mike will be the Kobe type, mm-hmm. probably better or right around that. But I don't know 
how his, you know, if he would have been a better three-ball shooter, because people don't look at it like, oh, like, Mike was shooting 18% from threes yet in some years, and that, like, mm-hmm. that fact that if he did that now, like, people would give him hell. Yeah. So, I don't know if, like, it will factor it's, in. It's, like, yeah, it's too hard to also transport people from errors sometimes. Like, you have an idea, but I can agree, you could disagree. We're going to go back and forth, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So I'm saying, so if you put, so I'll take, the, so I'll start to take Brown over Mike, but mm-hmm. if I want to get one, I'm taking Kobe just because of the, I just know when it's, when it's really, when it's really time, like when it's really, really time, mm-hmm. to go get that money. Kobe, he, he, he's, he, well, he, he's living for that. He wants to go get it. Like he's living for that. He's waiting for that all game. He's going to get it by any means, especially at the, at the highest stakes. So Kobe's my top guy. Like I'm taking, you know that though, with me. Yeah. So I have another question. As far as um, it's easy to remember the highlights for these people, but the the do the lowlights matter? Like LeBron against Dallas, does that matter when you factor these things? Yeah, but like that's a low light. Like you got like you always gotta look for me. I use context and look at the grand scheme. Mm-hmm. So people talk Mike and people talk all like all these guys, man. Everybody has moments where you you came up short of what you wanted to do. Oh, definitely. To. I'm big on that. Yeah. Right. So just because, oh, it's, oh, set up is, okay, he lost in the finals uh, well, to see. a team, a team that was, was literally, the team they were playing was, it was perfectly built. That was a stacked team. People don't remember. Like, yeah, everyone, I said, that was a stacked team. Like, everyone who stepped on the court was good at something. They didn't have a bum standing on the floor. In the starting that role, Carlisle's great. I mean, you're going against LeBron, Wade, Bosch, three guys that are stars at the time, but they have all the pressure in the world on them. They're supposed and to that be wasn't really a team. great, greatly built team. They just had stars. Team, that first exactly. run that wasn't good yet. Like three guys, and then you have role guys. You got role guys that have to, like, They had um, Mike up. Bibby exactly. watched up. They didn't even have Shane Battier yet. Bro, come on. So, I'm not saying that team wasn't great. They had three, they had three Hall of Famers. They were great, but... Um, this is first year they're figuring it out. So, I mean, I'm supposed to fall him at Craig. You got Jordan. Jordan was losing the first round. I guess for people who like Kobe and Mike, they would say, I'm a big LeBron guy. Like, I've liked LeBron forever. I'm Just for the sake of conversation, people would say that Kobe, because when Kobe lost, even if he was 8 for 25, he ain't look out of it. Right. Okay. That's the thing. That. Whereas LeBron, okay. like, I remember when he lost, they kept showing him airballing a um, jump shot where he hit the backboard, and it was just like, what were you shooting at? It looked like he was trying to do a, um off the backboard alley-oop to somebody else. And so it was just like, he looked right. like he was lost. So with Brian, with Brian, I think that's a personality and, a, and an aura thing. Like, the way he, he, he carries himself, he's mm-hmm. a passive team first guy. Like, LeBron always says, I'm not a scorer first, I'm a pass first player. Which I think he can lock in and be a scorer anytime he wants to. And I know he knows that. And he knows he has to do that more than be that passive guy. But mm-hmm. I think LeBron still classifies himself as a passive, you know, team first pass guy. So, um, I think when he's not shooting the ball well or he's not getting the shot, I think he'll he'll go he'll he'll go faster to trying to find his teammates as opposed to forcing shots mm-hmm. or shooting shots he doesn't think he can make or whatever the case is. So I think I think he had eight points in the game against Dallas one. It was like he was like two for twelve or something like that. Yeah. Eight points, you know, and I think it's one of those things where he's not gonna go 
you know, make four more shots, go six for 30 or six for 29, just jacking and trying and shooting his team out the game. He's going to try to, you know, work whatever's working best. And I think that's just always been his personality. So I don't think he's ever out of it. Um, I think that's just the way, you know, he carries himself. Okay. Fair enough. So, but yeah, um, 2000, that, that, that series was bad, though. Like, he looks bad. That was his worst. That was his lowest point in his career, though. For but sure. not just, okay. I, no, I agree with that. You just can't use it to bring him down yeah. too much. Hell yeah. It's, yeah. it's still the finals. Like, <laughs> so, first year swept through everybody. You know, one thing I peep, everyone, like, I think the younger players have an edge as if you're talking about playing the older players. Right. Like, talent, I feel like if you argue older people, because I'm not that mother you, although I remember a little bit more, I don't remember enough to say, like, to bring up key points, because I'm getting the, um, when I talk about Jordan, I'm just telling the summary. Whereas older people remember moments and like key things and storylines. But I think one thing the younger guys will have is better resumes. Like, not better resumes, but longer resumes. Right. Like, it's not weird. It don't even feel weird that LeBron's still playing. Shit, it feels weird or it doesn't feel It doesn't feel weird because that's kind of what we're getting used to. Like, if Kobe didn't tear his Achilles, he probably would have just retired. Right. So, I think that's the edge. Like, because if you think about it, the players we grew up knowing as all-time greats before LeBron came was like Bird, Magic. Bird basically ended his career early because he messed up his back. Magic, you know, he had the um, he caught the virus. Right. No, for sure. For sure. Now, yeah, I mean that is the advantage guys will have now. I always say, like, even look at a guy like Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Like he, the way the game's played now, he's playing like Steph's played in his MVP year as far as like getting up the shots and like having that freedom in the offense to just do mm-hmm. you. Like he's getting 30 a night. He's in his like third, second, he's in the second year getting 30 a night. You know what I'm saying? So you know, you're doing that for 10, 15 years. These guys, yeah, these guys wow. resume is going to be crazy. So I think maybe that's when, once you start lo- looking at numbers like that, that'll get to a point where you have to watch games to just know. Right. Because um, I was listening to a podcast and they made the case that Carmelo probably had the best numbers out of a lot of players, but people didn't consider him top two, you know, the direct second to Jordan because the people who were there for it were like, nah, he always came up too short. Yeah, he probably just, he probably like Embiid or something, like how Embiid is now, mm-hmm. where it's like Embiid can dominate, dominate, dominate. Like he's, he can dominate and score in bunches, so it's like, and be the game 28 and 24 minutes. But it's like when that moment really comes down to it, and be going to be there for you, like be there in shape, you know, healthy, like right. doing everything you need to do to put you over the top. Or is he going to be the big man that kind of just comes up short? And that's kind of what Embiid has been. And that's probably what Malone was. And probably did that for his whole career. How long? He, what is he, second all time in scoring? Yeah, but he had a really long career, ironically, yeah. for, you know, that goes against my whole. Long career thing. He played for like eighteen years or something right. crazy like that. Right. But yeah, um, I might edit this part out. I was gonna say something about Malone. Um, yeah, it was twenty five for his career. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a monster scoring wise, but he just like I remember I was watching an old Sports Illustrated clip, and they broke yeah. down like a whole like four minute segment of him just collapsing. It was bad. You mean collapsing? He said, "Well, I mean." Yeah, what you mean about collapsing? Uh, like turnover or missed free throws. It was just always at something. Of, at, the of, at the end of games or just like... At, at the end of games. Like it just be a stretch of like... This is actually kind of crazy. 
He averaged 15 his first year, averaged 21, then his third year he averaged 27. Then he's 29, 31, 29, 28, 27, 25, 26, 25, 27. See? Like he's, his whole career, he's at, he, at, at 39, he averaged 20. Yeah, see? 23 at 37. Like yeah, he was a monster. On the ball. That yeah. is actually ridiculous. That was 25 for his career. On 51 from the field. Um, what kind of free throw shooter was he? Solid ass free throw shooter. 74 from the free throw. So that's why he was getting his points. Oh, yeah, yeah. See? And he, 10 boards. He was the first option. So, of course, good passer. Well, the guy I gave it to was a good passer, I should say. Respect to Carmelo. I might do some. Yeah, watch some of his stuff. You'll like him. Yeah. And I think he would fit in with today's time because he could shoot pretty well. I think he would have been able to adjust to the, today's game. Oh, one that was really crazy, the perimeter players. Like, you're on to something, but it's, like, even crazier now. Like, um, you always said the perimeter talent is better now. You said this in, like, 2013. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that, was, that, that just comes back to what I was saying about the years and years of guys finding out different angles to create spaces. Because, like, man, I play basketball myself. So I see that when I was in high school, mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't dead dribble side steps like James Harden's doing right now, like mm-hmm. as hard as he's doing, like on the perfect like the rhythm, or there's like the the just like the reverse dribbles where guys are pounding the ball one way and then yeah. like drifting the other way on a bounce. Like guys weren't doing this little things like that, you know, in the nineties, in the eighties. So it's like I can see that. So I, I see how good perimeter players, how athletic they are now, but they're dribbling the ball. Like even a guy like Paul George. Mm-hmm. Like I think Paul George would get 30, 35 in the nineties. A, a night like his handle is so sharp. Like and he can get the three ball off, he can shoot the mid range, he can get all the way to the cup. Like and that's a guy in the league that's like Paul George. He might not even be on people's top ten. Mm-hmm. Maybe top fifteen, top twenty, but he might not be on people's top ten. Like there's some people. Think, oh, go ahead, my bad. No, I'm thinking back. I think you think of Paul George. You put Paul George in. You put Paul George in the '90s when Jordan was playing. Like Paul George, not the next best guy in the league, or you know what I'm saying? Like, well, he see, has see, that depends though, because it's like, well, no, you talk about if he had this ability in the '90s, skill, right? Yeah, the same skill. You dropped him in that the skill to play both. He could play both ends. He defends. He but that's physical. the problem with the '90s. They compressed a lot of good talent too, like. Can you, think, can you imagine people like Marbury and Baron Davis? Their skills were compressed. If you look at right. it, they were too yeah, early. Yeah, that's also a crazy thing about too. Because even like Miller, like Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. like guys that were really good at something, like Reggie Miller was shooting like five threes a night, bro. Steph shoot five threes in the first quarter. Right. It's like, why night? It's like, why not? You play faster, you can get more shots up. Like, why come down? Why have him come off a, a pin down? Or why have him come off an Irison cut and run mm-hmm. all the way from wing, one wing to another to shoot a high, a, high, a heavily contested or a, a, even if it's a shot, it's in rhythm, but you're still moving. It's such a tough shot. Why have him shoot that when you can have him shoot, you know, a couple pull-up threes or right. three off a pick and roll or, you know what I'm saying? When you can, If you get up those shots, you get up 12 threes, you make five, five or six of them. As, as good as he was, yeah. Here. So yeah, you go. people's talents were compressed in the game. I would say that the stats are kind of inflated, but that all comes that all just trickles down to how the game changed. Mm-hmm. That's why I think perimeter guys are better than they were back then. Right, because like you put Kemba Walker, even in like um, you put Kemba Walker in 03, He's the third best put, third best point guard in the NBA probably. Hell yeah! Come on now. 
Bro, I said, I said, I, the person I said the other day I was thinking about, bro, go we'll watch Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet play. Bro, he's so crafty. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the three ball. He can get in the mid, like a little, can get in the mid range, float it. He can finish in the rim both hands. Like he does, like so crafty. You put Fred Van Vliet in the nineties or the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. He's again, he's a strong point guard. Getting to it right now, he starts for the for the Rockets. I mean, for the Raptors, and they're second seed in the East. I think they got. Damn, they got 50 wins already. Yes. Yeah, After Kawhi left. You know what I'm saying? He's still... I'm yeah, he's a key there. reason why they're still good. Exactly. Oh, man. The game is different now, guys. It's so different. Guys stepping up, man. Guys like, stepping he, up, man. I was listening to um, Simmons today, Bill Simmons, and he, he was talking about um, someone born too early was Kevin Johnson. So I really okay. feel like it could go both ways. Like, some people would be dominate too much if they went back then, and some people would be better if they played now. So I've, I've got. Do you know? Are you familiar with Kevin Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Like um, he like I think he's the prime example of what you're talking about. Like those really skilled guys, like being unstoppable. I just think that kind of skill set wasn't really appreciated yet. Cause right. I think everyone wanted a center. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like no, um, sure. matter of fact, I'm I'm jumping a couple of years, but um, actually a decade. But um, Steve Nash was also saying. They would have won more, like they would have won the championship had they doubled down their style. But they decided to become traditional again, like getting Shaq, or even before they got Shaq, he said they should just kept shooting threes. <laughs> the funny part is now they're totally like, I ain't even playing with it. Look, we just go play all guards, man. I ain't doing this again. I'm not about to try to exactly. So color right now, we get all guards. Give me all guards. <laughs> right. See, exactly. Like Nash said, he should have stuck with. Say again, my bad. They said we living and dying with our style. I wish they had a. They need. They need a big though. That's mobile. Like they can't just play. Like I don't get out of. I'm kind of running off topic a little bit. No, that's fine. It's Dan Tony, but they need a big that's like kind of mobile. Like they can't just go a uh, PJ Tucker. Who what kind of mobile big? Because I feel like mobile. What way? Like laterally up at like can, back. Can, can, can rope? Nervous Noel can screen and roll and get to the rim. And Isn't that what Capella was? <laughs> Yeah, but I don't get why they don't think they need that. You need that at least. You can't just go all guard. You can't go all guard because like nights when at least give you a different look sometimes if you know what's starting. Are falling, you want to space the court. You may get long rebounds, but you still have a guy down there that can maybe give you a tip slam or you can roll and put pressure on the interior. Then your shots can fall. You can't right. just like to try to kick, drive and kick. I don't know. That's that's my opinion on that. But, no, it's not really off topic because um, I think Nash's ideal lineup was. Remember, I used to be obsessed with Steve Nash. You used to do what? I used to be obsessed with that guy, Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um. I think he he was getting to the point where he said he should double down on Amari being center because people were so stuck in the, he's a he's not a real center thing. But it's like, what's a real center? He he scores and gets rebounds. What do you need? And you know, he fits in the offense better. And Sean Marion at Power Four, he just said they had the right lineup, but they should have doubled down on the seven seconds or less offense and shooting more threes. Because I don't think San Antonio would have been able to beat them. Forgot they got Shaq. That's crazy. No, yeah, that, they didn't need that. Washed. Yeah, there's a, that's, that's that's the thing about this quarantine. Like, you read stuff, and you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot that happened. Forgot, bro. It's a lot of things, man. A lot. Like, I mean, even players, though, man. Ray Allen was so good, man. Like, I got appreciation for him. I'm like, yo. I loved Ray Allen. That Ray last Allen. year he had Seattle was actually, like, a missing year because they didn't make the playoffs. But he was snapping that year right, as so a solo good. act. 
So good. Um, I, I've been into this this All the Smoke podcast. What kind of podcast is it? Is it a sports one? Yeah, it's okay. with, uh, what's his name? Steve, Steven Jackson. Jack and... Uh, oh, Matt I know that podcast. Okay. And Matt Barnes. Oh, my God. They get great guests. They just had Snoop. I got to watch the one with Snoop. But they had Al Harrington explaining how... Um, He's trying to get the league to stop testing for cannabis and stop testing for weed, obviously. And he has a whole you know, business in it. And they are talking about stuff they did on their team. And all those different teams they play for is kind of cool. Like they all played on that Pacers team that got into that brawl. But Al Harrison, yeah. Al Harrison, I got dealt away right before it because they were explaining, like, the they had an incident where, I don't know, it's, you got to watch it. It's, it's a real good episode. Watch the Al Harrington episode. I'll see okay. you this. And, uh, so I've been watching that that Warriors team because they all put on that We Believe team. Okay. Was like Matt Barnes. Uh, I don't know why I named Matt Barnes first. But it was like Al Harrington, Matt Barnes, Steven Jackson, Baron Davis, Monte Ellis, Troy Murphy, Mike Dunleavy. Remember that team that beat? I think they beat the Mavs. They beat the, they beat the Mavs <laughs> in the first round. Yeah, they beat the Mavs in the first round. That team killed them. Uh, what did they beat? 4-2? Yeah, it was 4-2. Four two. Four two, yeah. That was the series I was watching. It ain't even looked real when it was happening. Right. Oh my God! They were scorching them. I was watching that. They're like, damn, they're really the eight seed. Like, but you know what? It didn't look real because they were so dominant. Like, it just looked like they looked. They they looked like they knew they should just be doing that. That one you know something funny. People what? said um, they beat Dallas four times that season. Oh, for real? Because remember, I used to be a big um, Dirk and Nash fan, so I used to follow Dallas. Yeah. Right. So. um Every morning before I will start class, I will go and be that time. Nash at the time still? No, but I was just stuck on Dallas. Even when yeah, yeah, now. But um I will go and be that time in the morning before class. And <laughs> I remember checking the rankings. I'm like, oh man, they going because the Clippers almost made the playoffs. I think Golden State beat them out by a game. That was the brand Clippers. Right. So I was like, damn it. I don't know about the Mavs taking this one. My friend was like, Yeah, they all done. And he was kinda joking. But he knew it was bad, so... Well, you talk, oh, you talk about when the, the, the end of that year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were talking about that, too. How they had to win that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, the Clippers didn't get in. I was like, oh, no, it's over. Like, it's, oh, I didn't say it's over, but I was like, it's not looking good. Because yeah. I was really someone who thought if they could get past the Warriors, they're going to win the whole thing. Yeah. But... I just didn't think they get past the Warriors. And I think and the thing is, I don't know if they were talking about it. I don't know for sure if it was that same year, but they had got traded there. Like, I don't know if it was that. Because it was Steven Jackson and Al Harrington both got traded there together, so they brought, like, that camaraderie to the team. I think but, it was that year, but I don't remember myself. Yeah, yeah so, you know what? It was that year because I remember they traded um, a lot of the, um, quote-unquote, slow people for them. Yeah, Troy Murphy. And yeah. The, oh, no, it Troy Murphy. I think it was, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure they traded Troy, Troy Murphy. Yeah, so all I know is, all I know is, um, they came there and then uh, they were telling stories about how, you know, they're they're at a club and Steven Jackson got into it. And they were shooting, they had a shootout and Steven Jackson got hit. He flipped in the air, like fell, smacked his teeth on the concrete, lost all his teeth, his mouth was numb. What? It was like Jermaine O'Neal was there, Jamal Tinsley. They're explaining all that. it was hilarious. So I've been looking up, I'm looking up their team, how good they like, how they came together. Okay. Uh, just kind of dope and in that era and Matt Barnes was saying how even when Steph and them were making that run Steph, KD, Clay and all like the, these new Warriors those those fans still would talk about you know that with that We Believe team like that's so open we love you guys like, they didn't win nothing all they won was that first round <laughs> right and got smoked by Utah but Utah is a better good team I guess yeah they started dealing everybody away 
Two years later. Yeah, for real. What? Why did Darren Williams age out so fast? That's random, but I just remember I Utah beat him next the next um round. Facts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he aged out fast. I think people just sort of like he. I don't know. Those years in Brooklyn were weird. They were playing with so many washed teams. Mm-hmm. Like we had like Paul Pierce, we had KG, yeah, like Joe Johnson. And it just, I don't know, those teams are weird. So he kind of stalled out there, and then I guess he tried to get another role somewhere else, and it didn't feel. Mm-hmm. It just didn't, never felt the same. And then I just remember, I think the last memory of him was on, like, the Cavs, right? Yeah. Was, but his ankles were already done by then. Yeah, it was Cassie Blade in his career trying to help Brian out. But, you know, nobody wants to go to Cleveland. No free just want to go to Cleveland unless you really, really trying to get a ring. You're like, let me go play with LeBron because you're right. not living in Cleveland. Because there was times when people thought he was better than Chris Paul. Like, that was an actual debate. Yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, you could make the argument. Their numbers were pretty much similar when they both were in their primes going at it. And Darren Williams probably has the head-to-head matchup, like, more wins. But I think to Chris Paul, had more team success over his career. Those Jazz teams were good, but Chris Paul was always my guy. Yeah, okay. But he was, Darren Williams was, like, right there with him. It was, like, Steph Russ. So it was, like, top the neck and neck, two point guards, like, that race. Those two were. Okay, so I guess just to wrap it up, I'll ask, what's the best case scenario for this NBA season? Like, not like I know we don't know anything, but you like if you could change everything, like you have magic powers or something, what would be the best oh, case scenario for this season? Best case scenario, I mean, you can get creative. But I saw something that said just start the playoffs like as soon as it comes back, but have every team make it and have seeding, which would be weird. Be the NCAA, so I think that'd be. You kind of, I don't know, you you have like a 32 seed. Like, what if, like, I don't know, was Warriors get hot and they win two games and they're just like in the conference fight? Or I don't know, something like that. But it's like, Some of them would be single elimination or best out of three? Like the beginning be rounds? Like okay. The first couple rounds. I didn't really look into it too much, but okay. it was like, it was tournament style, like that bracket style. Okay. And then uh, the other one, I shouldn't have started with that, but the other one was uh, just start the season a little later, have it run through. You know, through the fall and we, I think we run through the summer basically, and like late fall, I guess, or in the fall. Okay. And in the winter, uh, and then start the next season a little later. But I mean, best case scenario, I just need they just need to keep it as safe as possible. So I wouldn't even really mind if the season was just over at this point. I mean, it is what it is. You can't. What, do you, what can you do? It's a basketball season. Like just you gonna start it over next year at the same time, right. or you continue this one, start the playoffs. And go about it that way because I don't. They said they're trying to preserve the games, but I don't see how you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to make that revenue back some way. So you gotta gotta start the season some type of organized fashion where it can still fit in with regular human schedules. I feel like. Yeah, I mean to be honest, my opinion is the whole revenue thing is just a wash. Like this is a pandemic. Like this, like we've never seen anything like this in this country, at least. Right. Because you know, I think we're not used to seeing this kind of things happen. So we always hear about disease overseas, but it's always overseas. And, you know, right. a couple people hear what happened and it goes away. Right. But they're talking about the. Um, I was listening today, and people are pretty convinced that this is going into the summer, and we're only in March. This is what. This whole pandemic thing is going to go all the way into the summer. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Like, that would be really insane, but because it's literally March, like you said. But, yeah, it's just a we'll see thing. I mean, 
at least it's not happening in 97 because you remember how it used to be when you're bored in the 90s you're bored right for sure like I mean we got Netflix we got smartphones so it's like yeah we're complaining that we can't do what we want but in a weird way we still have a lot of things to do you can still go outside and run because not like you're only touching everything and everyone if you're right for sure I know yeah it is definitely different now but I, I, I don't know if it goes into the summer that'd be insane I don't see I, I don't what I, I haven't really been advised I think that's just another horrible job of the the, the country and we you know, clarifying and classifying what we should be doing because like what is the pl- like I don't even know the plan like I don't know if I'm not paying attention well enough but I don't know the plan I guess I'll give you the normal guy's way of absorbing what I absorb okay um basically we're trying to you know how they're telling us to stay inside and all that right right we're trying to flatten the curve which means we waited too long to um quarantine ourselves so right now we're just trying to not have people get so sick all at the same time. Right, so, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. So they're kind of like staggering it. Yeah. So, so at least the doctors could treat everyone who has it. Yeah, doctors and all that available to you know maintain everybody's health. I get all that. But, yeah. Um, oh, so right now we're just so to keep it simple. The whole summer. Say it again. So that's supposed to go through the whole summer until if until the uh, CDC feels like we have it under control because I think South Korea. They're reopening stuff after their corona outbreak. So they're getting back to normal life over there. China, I think they're approaching normal life. But what we're missing is the fact that this whole corona war started came up in um, January. And we're almost in April. Right. So if they're just getting back to normal life two and a half months later, that could happen for us since there's no vaccine yet. Right. That actually makes sense. Yeah. Well, they better get to work. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not. I don't know how science works at that, as far as that, but hopefully they can pull. They can pull something, right? Because you know, there's people not working because of all this. People, everybody, for the most part. Well, um, working from home. Yeah, people are working from home, or you know, some people work at the hospital. Some people work in um, factories. The factory work is still going. Mailman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, Box and UPS, all that, they probably work more now. Yeah, but. I guess if I could throw a random number out there, so I could say 60% of people. That sounds right, I guess, in my head. Right. I don't know the actual number. But, I mean, all I can say is we'll see, I guess. Facts. I mean, it is a wait and see thing. Like, I feel like every day we wake up, it's something new. But, exactly, like you said, all we can do is wait and see, find out, stay safe, stay isolated, like they're, I guess, that, like, like they're advising us. Yeah, um, and if you feel sick, go to the doctor immediately so you know what's going on. Facts, for sure. All right, well, thank you for recording me. No doubt, bro. You know, anytime, anytime, family first. All right, um, yeah, we gotta do this more often, though. For sure. Um, you know, already know. Shout out, follow me on Instagram, Quit Bucks, K U I T. B-E-C-K-S Don't plug me cousin Oh yeah I'll tag you in uh, When I put it on Instagram Alright uh, Alright I'm about to get a, I'm about to catch a girl I'm starving Alright Alright Find it